Good morning and welcome to SJL Daily. I'm Stephen Williams. Yesterday we read two of the most wonderful, sublime, poignant, and moving passages in all of Scripture, Isaiah 52 through 53, which is uh, the Old Testament, the greatest Old Testament prophecy of Christ, uh, and a prophecy which casts him in the form of this suffering servant who suffers on behalf of his people unjustly, but does so because of his great love for them. And our passages today, chapters 54 through 55, really continue this story. The, we should see these chapters as, as unified whole, uh, not separate pieces that are not disconnected or that are disconnected to one another. And chapter 54, Isaiah gives us a vision of what this kingdom will be like that will be inaugurated by the suffering servant. And he doesn't just tell us, he, he shows us uh, with the metaphors that he uses. And throughout this chapter, we see a reversal of Israel's fortunes foretold. We see a, a restoring of their old fortunes, their favor with God, his care for them. And it's not just for Israel only. These prophecies apply to the church, apply to all of God's people in every time and every age. And we see here in the beginning of the chapter, verse 1, Isaiah starts out with this incredibly poignant metaphor. Sing, O barren one who did not bear. Break forth into singing and cry aloud, you who have not been in labor. For the children of the desolate one will be more than the children of her who is married, says the Lord. Isaiah begins by giving us this vivid image of this reversal of fortunes, of what this new covenant of peace will be like for the people who live under it. It will be like a barren woman who has been given children after all this time. It will be a reversal of the sorts that uh, someone like Elizabeth in the New Testament felt. After being barren all of her life, she is given a son, John the Baptist. And throughout the rest of the chapter, here in chapter 54, we're given several other such um, contrasts to help illustrate to us what this covenant of peace is going to be like. First of all, there in chapter uh, verse 5, Isaiah says that we, the people of God, will be wedded to God in, in unity. Your maker is your husband. The Lord of hosts is his name. The Holy One of Israel is your redeemer. For the Lord has called you like a wife grieved and deserted in spirit. Or rather, like a wife deserted and grieved in spirit. So we have the, this metaphor of a barren woman being given children. We have another metaphor of a grieved and deserted wife who is being brought back to her husband. We see also later in verse 11 that Isaiah says, O afflicted one, storm-tossed and not comforted, behold, I will set your stones in antimony and lay your foundations with sapphires. In other words, he's saying that for those of you who have suffered, 
who have been storm-tossed on the waves of life, your future, your future is one that is filled with, with crowning jewels, with beauty that is unsurpassed. So if this is the way that the Lord is going to restore to us our fortunes, and if he's going to do this for us in such stunning fashion, I really keep coming back to this idea of reversal, the reversal of our fortunes. What, what do we need to do to make sure that this happens? How are we to participate in this kingdom? And that's where chapter 55 comes in. We read in verse 1, what do we need to do to participate in this kingdom? First word, come. Come, everyone who thirsts. Come to the waters, and he who has no money, come buy and eat. Come buy wine and milk without money and without price. If you hear foretellings of, or foreshadowings rather, of, of Jesus' words in these verses about him being the living water, him being the bread of life, then then you are right to do so. These verses tell us what we must do to participate in this eternal covenant, this eternal kingdom of peace. And we don't have to do anything but come, but show up. Come to the place where the waters are. Come to the place where there is bread and buy it without price. We pay nothing for this kingdom that is offered to us. And you know, he, even though Isaiah is writing now, I guess, 2,700 years ago, we know now exactly what it means to come to the waters, to come to the waters of our baptism, presenting ourselves to be brought into the kingdom of God by way of, of that living water. And we know what it is to come to the table, to, to buy bread without price, and we do it every Sunday at the Eucharist. These ways are those that God has given to us by which we might show up, that, by which we might come to this eternal kingdom of peace. And so as we go forward today, let's keep in mind that, that the suffering servant he died for a reason, and the reason is you and me. And he is inaugurating with us this eternal covenant of peace that is going to, well, frankly, it's going to blow our minds. We're not going to know what to do with it. It is going to be such a reversal of every suffering, of every misfortune that we have endured on this earth. And how are we going to participate in it? Merely by showing up at those places where Jesus has promised to meet us at the waters of baptism and at his table. Let's pray. Father, we thank you that you have told such a great story for us and that you have invited us to participate in it and that you have promised by way of your sacrifice and your resurrection to restore our fortunes. 
Lord, to reverse all the wrong that has been done to us and all the wrongs that we ourselves have done. And we thank you, Lord, that we are able to participate in this coming kingdom, which is already here in so many ways, that we're able to participate in it without price. Lord, thank you for inviting us to come. Thank you for coming to us yourself. In Jesus' name.